Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, Advancing Equilibrium in the Midst of an Agitated World. This is Season 14, Episode 292, Title: The Jesus Revolution. Subtitle, What Happened to the Youth Revival of the 70s? Time Magazine cover article, Monday, June 21st, 1971. On the cover, there is a pop art illustration of Jesus with the words arching over his head that read, The Jesus Revolution. There is a resurgence of interest in this movement that took place in the late 1960s through the mid-1970s. The current box office hit, Jesus Revolution, is at the helm of this interest. The term Jesus Revolution was coined in the Time Magazine cover article on June 21, 1971. The article's title in the magazine is, The Alternative Jesus, Psychedelic Christ. The article itself in its entirety is a link in the show notes. I've not had a chance to read the complete article, but I can tell you from what I've read so far, it is astounding. And I tell you, you will see things in a different light, and you will find it hard to believe that a secular magazine wrote, it appears to be such favorable things about Christ and the movement. I was thrilled to see that Time Magazine has a downloadable article on its website. In just the first few paragraphs, the author shares some great insights I want to talk about here in just a moment, and then I'll get into the movie. Again, I've not had a chance to look at the entire article, and I've not found the author's name. It starts off, it says in large caps, WANTED, JESUS CHRIST, ALIAS, THE MESSIAH, THE SON OF GOD, KING OF KINGS, LORD OF LORDS, PRINCE OF PEACE, ETC. It then goes on to say, NOTORIOUS LEADER OF AN UNDERGROUND LIBERATION MOVEMENT, WANTED FOR THE FOLLOWING CHARGES. Practicing medicine, wine making, and food distribution without a license, interfering with businessmen in the temple, associating with known criminals, radicals, subversives, prostitutes, and street people, claiming to have the authority to make people into God's children. Large caps, appearance, typical hippie type, long hair, beard, robe, sandals, hangs around slum areas, few rich friends, often sneaks out into the desert. Large caps, beware. This man is extremely dangerous. His insidiously inflammatory message is particularly dangerous to young people who haven't been taught to ignore him yet. He changes men and claims to set them free. Large caps. Warning. He is still at large. He is indeed. As the words of this wanted poster from a Christian underground newspaper demonstrate, Jesus is alive and well and living in the radical spiritual fervor of a growing number of young Americans who have proclaimed an extraordinary religious revolution in his name. Their message, the Bible is true, miracles happen, God really did so love the world that he gave it his only begotten son. In 1966, Beatle John Lennon casually remarked that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ. Now the Beatles are shattered, and George Harrison is singing, My Sweet Lord. The new young followers of Jesus listen to Harrison, but they turn on only to the words of their master. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It is a startling development for a generation that has been constantly accused of tripping out or copping out with sex, drugs, and violence. Now, embracing the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness, and brotherly love in the history of Western man— They are afire with a Pentecostal passion for sharing their new vision with others. Fresh-faced, wide-eyed young girls and earnest young men, badger businessmen, and shoppers on Hollywood Boulevard, near the Lincoln Memorial in Dallas, 
in Detroit and in Wichita witnessing for Christ with breathless exhortations. My friend, this article is dead on so far. This is the life I knew. I grew up in this. This 11-page article, as it is formatted to print today, was used by God to lay down a marker nationally on the movement of the Holy Spirit of God in the youth of America in small pockets all over the United States. But this article single-handedly brought it together and pointed it out to the world that, hey, this thing is happening across the nation. It goes on to say, Christian coffee houses have opened in many cities, signaling their faith even in their names. The Way Word in Greenwich Village, the Catacombs in Seattle, I Am in Spokane. A strip joint has been converted to a Christian nightclub in San Antonio. Communal Christian houses are multiplying like loaves and fishes for youngsters hungry for homes, many reaching out to the troubled with round-the-clock telephone hotlines. Bibles abound, whether the cherished fur-covered King James Version or scruffy back-pocket paperbacks, they are invariably well-thumbed and often memorized. It's like a glacier, says Jesus rock singer Larry Norman, 24. It's growing and there's no stopping it. My friend, I want to pause again to say you really need to click on the article link in the show notes and read this for yourself. You may have to look up some of the terminology if you're not familiar with hippie language because there are some words that were popular back then that aren't used today. But so far, man, this is amazing. And to listen to what they're talking about, that what the kids were doing, that they were carrying their Bibles, they were well-thumbed and often memorized. The characterization of the movement is encouraging to read 52 years after. This is an eyewitness account from that time, folks. We need to listen. He goes on to say, there is an uncommon morning freshness to this movement, a buoyant atmosphere of hope and love along with a usual rebel zeal. Some converts seem to enjoy translating their new faith into everyday life, like those who answer the phone with, Jesus loves you, instead of hello. But their love seems more sincere than a slogan, deeper than the fast-fading sentiments of the flower children. What startles the outsider is the extraordinary sense of joy that they are able to communicate. Of course, as in any fresh religious movement, zealotry is never far away. Some in the movement even have divine timetables. Says founder Bill Bright of the Campus Crusade for Christ, our target date for saturating the U.S. with the gospel of Jesus Christ is 1976 and the world by 1980. Of course, if the Lord wants to work a bit slower, that's okay. Now, just to kind of earmark something, to just earmark something, Campus Crusade sponsored Joy Expo 72 in Dallas, Texas, and it was attended by thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's actually heralded as probably the largest number of attendance of youth for this type of event that's ever happened in the United States. For those of us who have the desire to see a movement of Jesus in our day, we would do well to review this article, which I've linked to, again, I say in the show notes. Print off a copy and use it to do a personal inventory on your own personal spiritual condition. I'm going to do this with my wife. A movement of Jesus has to start somewhere, and maybe it could start with me or with you or with us. The article goes on to say, some of the fascination for Jesus among the young may simply be belated hero worship of a fellow rebel, the first great martyr to the cause of peace and brotherhood. Not so, however, for the vast majority in the Jesus movement. If any one mark clearly identifies them, it is their total belief in an awesome, supernatural Jesus Christ, not just a marvelous man who lived 2,000 years ago, but a living God who is both Savior and Judge, the ruler of their destinies. 
Their lives revolve around the necessity for an intense personal relationship with that Jesus and the belief that such a relationship should condition every human life. They act as if divine intervention guides their every movement and can be counted on to solve every problem. Many of them have had serious personal difficulties before their conversions. A good portion of the movement is really a May-December marriage of conservative religion and the rebellious counterculture, and many of the converts have come to Christ from the fraudulent promises of drugs. Now they subscribe strictly to the Ten Commandments rather than to situation ethics of the quote-unquote new morality. Although, like St. Paul, they are often tolerant of old failings among new converts. My friend, this assessment so far is 100% historically accurate. And isn't it encouraging that a secular news magazine back then presented this in such a favorable light? I think it's astounding. Jesus Revolution, the movie, was released in February 2023, just a month ago from this podcast recording. Though not a perfect movie, it is well done and lives up to its description as an American Christian drama film. It was directed by John Irwin and Brent McCorkle and based on the book of the same name. The film follows youth minister Greg Laurie, who's played by Joel Courtney, Christian hippie Lonnie Frisbee, played by Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus on the hugely successful video series The Chosen, and Pastor Chuck Smith, played by Kelsey Grammer, as they take part in the Jesus movement in California during the late 1960s and early 70s. The writer of the Time Magazine article gave the Jesus movement the title of the Jesus Revolution to an unexpected youth revival of radical and newfound love that had its beginnings in Pastor Chuck Smith's church, Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California, and spread across the United States and the world. You have to keep in mind as you watch the movie, it's not a historical documentary, but a dramatic presentation. It does embellish and take creative license and changes some key historical facts, and it is the Jesus Revolution told from the perspective of Greg Laurie. I do highly recommend you see this movie. Though it's slanted towards Greg, and though according to Chuck Gerard, who was the lead singer of the band Love Song, who was there with Pastor Chuck from the beginning, there are a lot of historical inaccuracies and dramatic license, the basic core elements and feel of the movie is spot on in its presentation of the Jesus movement and its impact on our world. My wife and I are direct beneficiaries of this God-ordained youth revival. The pivot years of 1971-72 found me in the seventh grade. The Jesus Revolution, or as I knew it by the Jesus Movement, was propelled across the country very rapidly to me by the music of Love Song and all of the other bands and solo artists who came onto the scene very quickly. The massive amount of teen and college-age kids who were being born again and radically changed into Christ followers is historically documentable. I tell you, my friend, my wife and I cried through a lot of the movie because of the special memories and emotions it brought back to the surface as we connected to that amazing time. But my friend, also, I have to tell you, tears of sorrow as we long for this great time of revival and radical love to flood across our nation and our world today. This world is in such turmoil and terrible manifestations of hate at every turn. It causes us to feel a sense of great loss, not just for us personally, but a sense of loss for our adult kids and our grandkids. I want my kids and grandkids to have a beautiful future. If we take the present tack or approach that is governing our country, leading our churches, and administrating our academic institutions, then we of all people are to be most pitied. That's why people like Elon Musk, clearly one of the most gifted and intelligent people the world has ever known, 
is seriously working to get the heck out of Dodge, as we say in Texas, to hop on his rocket ship to Mars. The lost rich of our world are working vigorously to acquire vast holdings of land and natural resources because they really believe that the world is overpopulated and that there's coming a fight for the basic elements of survival and advancement of wealth. As I look back to the Jesus Revolution, which, as I said, I knew as the Jesus Movement, I'm reminded that the world then was in great chaos at every turn, politically, socially, spiritually, and morally. The Vietnam War was raging. Corruption was in the White House, and Mom and Pop had moved into the pursuit of empty affluency that began to grow out of the ashes of the Great Depression and the Second World War. Like the TV series Leave it to Beaver Chronicle, the American family owned homes in record numbers due to the benefits of the GI Bill, which gave a veteran cheap access to home loans. Every family had a car, and my friend, that's not true today. And a lot of the moms were stay at home while the dad went off to work. But along with the rising affluency and social shift, the modern American family began to shift spiritually, and the youth of America, in search of real meaning, began to reject the narrative presented by empty parents and a war culture and began to rebel in every way, as manifested in the now famous slogan, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. The youth and young adults' rebellion was called the counterculture. It was at the shearing of culture that God began to call people to repentance and salvation, and the Holy Spirit of God changed a lot of kids because they were ready to accept the solution, the answer to their life's questions. In Jesus, they finally found what they were looking for. My friend, I testify that the youth revival of the 1970s happened. It was real and was one of the greatest special outpourings of the Holy Spirit of God on people, as witnessed by the radical salvation and life transformation of the people who were swept along in its wave. I'll have links to several articles you can read on your own for further background on this if you don't know what I'm talking about. You need to be sure to check out the link to the movie, What God Hath Wrought, Pastor Chuck and the Jesus Revolution, which is an actual historical documentary that gives a great, accurate picture of what Jesus Revolution portrays, what the movie portrays. The Jesus Revolution movie actually contains some of the videos of Pastor Chuck Smith and those days of baptizing there on the coast of California. But the bottom line for this podcast today is this question. What happened to the Jesus Revolution? How and why did the wheels come off? How did we get from one of the greatest outpourings of supernatural salvation and transformation to this? This present state of the greatest social and cultural decay our nation has ever known. What schools of thought and actions began to permeate this radical love and erode its power and influence to the point where we are now, where such hate is manifested in living color in our key major cities and across our land? The Jesus Revolution started in individual lives being transformed through the conviction of sin, repentance of heart, and the salvation of their souls in direct encounter with Jesus Christ, which spread then to the local churches then spread to our nation as a whole, and then to the world. The revolution was not a creation of man in some keen advertising agency or social movement or religious advancement group. God is the one who launched the Jesus revolution. But again, who killed it? And I can tell you, I don't have a full answer for this question at this moment, but it's very interesting to go back to the Time article and listen to what the writer assessed 52 years ago. The article continues, The Jesus Revolution rejects not only the material values of conventional America, but the prevailing wisdom of American theology. 
Success often means an impersonal and despiritualized life that increasingly finds release in sexploration, status, alcohol, and conspicuous consumption. Christianity, or at least the brand of it preached in prestigious seminaries, pulpits, and church offices over recent decades, has emphasized an eminent God of nature and social movement, not the new movement's transcendental, personal God who comes to earth in the person of Jesus and the lives of individuals in miracles. The Jesus revolution, in short, is one that denies the virtues of the secular city and heaps scorn on the message that God was ever dead. So let's shorten that assessment for the perceived reasons that provoked the Jesus movement, that were the stimulus that saw it come to be, that God used in working in the hearts and lives of young people. Number one is their rejection of materialism. Number two, the rejection of lifeless theology. Number three, the impersonal and despiritualized life of secularism. Number four, the emptiness of unbridled sex, the seeking of status symbol, alcoholism, and drug addiction. Number five, the institutionalized Christianity preached a biased message and presented a lopsided, detached image of God as eminent but not transcendent. The church emphasized an eminent God of nature and social movement. The Jesus movement presented God as transcendent but personal. God comes to earth in the person of Jesus, in the lives of individuals, and in miracles. Jesus' revolution, in short, is one that denies the virtues of the secular city and heaps scorn on the message that God was ever dead. God is dead is a statement made by German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche famously in his 1882 work, The Gay Science. He wrote, God remains dead, and we have killed him. The sociological and spiritual shortcomings God used to bring people by the thousands out of darkness into light are the same things that people then used to pervert the work of God's Spirit that has taken our nation into even deeper decay than the affluent emptiness of the 60s and 70s. My friend, this is pivot point. So in other words, the thing that brought us to the dance was also the thing that ejected us from the dance. There are sin. Let me read this to you again. This is what the Lord showed me. The sociological and spiritual shortcomings God used to bring people by the thousands out of darkness into the light are the same things that people then used to pervert the work of God's Spirit that has taken our nation into even deeper decay than the affluent emptiness of the 60s and 70s. Jesus' revolution in the movie alludes to the storms that were brewing in the hippie preacher Lonnie Frisbee's life by including Lonnie's departure from Calvary Chapel in California to Florida. Now we know subsequently that Frisbee lapsed back into the lifestyle he claimed freedom from through Jesus and died of AIDS and in shambles. Hippies and the kids in the Jesus Revolution had rejected materialism and the affluency of their parents. They were willing to live like vagabonds. But the success of the movement resulted in a lot of people riding on the crest of the wave of acceptance and success, resulting in a full embracing of the materialism they had rejected from their parents. So the historical article can give us a tremendous insight to now see what went wrong. In addition to the lapse back into materialism, institutional failure in our day at the highest levels, revealing the most hideous sins and immorality among the Christian leaders, the infiltration of charlatans who joined the movement for the great economic and status ride have all contributed to our present condition. My friend, let me encourage you. Special movements by God in any culture, society, town, government, church, or home is a God thing. We don't control it and we don't create it. 
we just enjoy it. In spite of how grim things presently seem, a Jesus movement can happen in our day. We can pray for it and do our part to prepare for it. But friend, it is not just about a special movement or an event. It's about a lifestyle that happens moment by moment, day by day. In Luke 9.23, Jesus told us to die to ourselves, pick up our crosses daily, and follow Him. The Jesus movement happens daily in our own lives if we follow Him in sacrificial obedience to His commands. Wow, think about this. What would it be like right now in our nation if all the people in the nation who claim to be Christians woke up tomorrow morning, sat up in bed, turned and set their feet on the floor, and as they stood to their feet, they made the personal declaration that today I am all in with Jesus. I will go where he wants me to go, and I will do what he wants me to do without question. What would be the outcome of that? My friend, I think it would be a Jesus revolution and a Jesus movement like the world has never seen. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.